All right, guys, welcome back to the Be Great With Your Money podcast. My name is James Anderson. I'm your host. I'm your facilitator. I'm your person that's going to be taking you through all this information. Hey, guys, listen, I'm so happy that you guys are actually made it back here to hang out with us for the second episode, episode two. And the topic of this episode today is going to be the big D word in finance, and that's debt. We're going to talk about it a little bit, and then we're also going to cover some strategies strategies that you can help fix yourself um, with as far as debt is regard. So guys, let's go ahead and get going. All right, ladies and gentlemen, debt. The big elephant out there in the room that people have going on in their lives. Debt is something that's seriously, seriously crippling every aspect of the economy when it comes down to consumer debt. Now, let me put out a little bit of disclaimer before we get jumping into this episode. Number one, I do understand that you can leverage debt, that you can use that to build businesses, build investments, and things of that nature. And that's absolutely true. I have nothing against that um, as far as commercial lending and doing other things that can you know, basically build you an asset that's going to, number one, pay for the debt, but then number two, put cash flow in your pocket. So we're not talking in regards to that because a lot of times when you say debt, you get you get two sides of the coin. You get the, some, some people and some financial people will say that debt is 100% bad. And then you got the other side where they say, well, you can't build an asset instead of, make a, instead of using other people's money. Listen, I get it. I understand it. But we, we're bringing this show to be great with your money for the average everyday working person and some ways they can actually uh, facilitate themselves. So and, and as far as cleaning up debt and helping out their household. So I'm not going to be discussing the things about, you know, hard money lending, whether it's right or wrong, you know, uh, flipping business credit. We're not going to go that deep in this episode. That'll be another episode. It won't be this one. We're going to talk about the average American household and debt and what they actually have going on. And here's the thing, you know, I'm looking at what the state of finances are with people. I talk to a lot of people about money. I literally talk about money every single day. And I'm always curious to kind of know where's the state of the average household. See, let me paint a picture for you. Imagine it's back in 2008, 2009, when the financial catastrophe was going on. You kind of had an idea what was going on in people's households. People were literally walking away from their mortgages or foreclosed or getting evicted. Uh, individuals was literally losing jobs. There were people that were making sixty, seventy, eighty thousand dollars a year now living in homeless shelters. Um, you had cars getting repossessed left and right, credit card debt up the wazoo. People, you know, literally couldn't go back to school because they didn't have the finances to pay, you know, for their um, commutes because they didn't have transportation. Uh, businesses were failing. Jobs were getting jobs were getting eliminated. They were getting right sized. They were getting capsized. They were getting downsized. They were getting upsized into other countries. Everything was going on in the 2008-2009 crash. And individuals, just because I lived through that time, individuals can agree 
that we're probably a bit better off now than we were in 2008, 2009. I mean, they said it was like, you know, it was the, it wasn't depression. It wasn't as bad as the great depression, but it was a depression nonetheless. And the economy definitely, definitely, definitely took a toll with what we had going on. So every now and then I like to poke my head about the sand. I like to get out the grind and I like to stand up and say, okay, James, let's, let's wipe off your glasses. Let's look around and see what the actual state of where people are uh, with money in this day and time. And that's why I wanted to focus on this episode with debt, because I think debt is something that is definitely creeping up on us, uh, sneaking back up on us, you know, because banks are being really, 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 uh, lenient with credit and they're lending a lot and it's starting to creep back in. And if you can always remember, you know, one of the biggest reasons why people go into um, bankruptcy and why businesses close is not because it's usually not because their spending habits are just at a ridiculous level. They, they probably their operations could be cleaned up a bit, but in a household or a business because they, they no longer suitable or no longer able to actually pay their debtors or pay their banks on their loans and things that they have there. So let me jump into a little bit of statistics here, um, what we have as far as the average household out here. So number one debt out there, I'm not, not speaking number one as a chronological over, just number one on my list is credit cards, okay? The average household that has credit card debt has $15,000 in credit card debt. 15,000, one five, 15K. Now, for some individuals, they might say, whoa, how the heck did those people get $15,000 of credit card debt? I can't even approve for a credit card of $1,500. Well, a lot of times what happened with people is that they actually have multiple, multiple, multiple cards. So they might actually have five to six cards with just two to three grand a piece on those. So they are lower limits, but they rack up cards and they start doing all types of crazy stuff. Mortgages. The average household with the, with the mortgage is running about $168,000 on just the mortgage. Now, that's not talking about the terms or whether or not it's a good loan or a bad loan, just overall average, $168,000. Auto loans. Now, I'm a big car fan. I love vehicles. I grew up around cars. You know, I work on cars. I fix my own cars. And I love, love, love vehicles. But that, that auto loan debt is looking pretty big out here for the average American household who has it. They owe about $27,000. Now, actually, last about two weeks ago, I made a uh, Facebook post, and I was working with somebody in their finances, and individuals actually, you know, I was talking to them, and these people, they made about $40,000 a year between the two of them. However... They both had a $35,000 vehicle. So they, their household by itself owed about $70,000 in auto loans. See, I say, and what I've, what I've seen in my normal experience, just day-to-day -day kind of operations, I see individuals usually come in a lot higher than $27,000 just because cars are so expensive. And because you have usually a two-working, uh, a two-income two household, you have two adults working, both usually need to have transportation. So I'm going to say, just put it out there, that I think this 27000 is a bit low. But hey, that's what the average is when you aggregate everything. Student loans, we all know what those are. Those are those federal promises that, hey, we're going to give you this money because when you graduate and come out to school, you're going to be so much more successful and be able to pay this off. No problem. Well, guys, the average household is $48,000 in student loan debt. 
So when you tally everything up between, you know, what everybody has kind of going on in the U.S. household um, and kind of what they actually have going on, the average American household has about $90,000 in debt. $90,000 in debt. And that includes households that live debt-free. Understand what I'm saying here. The average American household has a total of more than $90,000 of, of, of debt, which includes households that live debt-free. The average household with debt, meaning that they owe the mortgage and things of that nature, you're looking at about $130,000. People are literally paying more than $6,000 in just interest, in just interest, on their debt every single year. Now, guys, if you don't know the definition to debt, debt basically means you're paying a penalty for the right to owe somebody money. Now, I know that's not what you want to hear. You think that, you know, interest has some mechanical value or some type of tangible value. Well, it absolutely does not. It's just simply a penalty that you pay for the right to owe somebody some money. They charge you interest for the privilege of them giving you money to procure whatever you want to do. Now, let's look at these types of debts that we got listed here. Number one, we talk about the credit cards. We already know that the interest rates on credit cards are gonna average anywhere from 15 to 30%. 15% if you got a really good credit score, you're looking about 25, 20 to 25% is the average. And of course you can get into the 30% and all those crazy numbers when you don't really have a good credit score. Mortgage rates right now, they're pretty good. They're about three to 4%. But here's the thing, your average mortgage is going to be somewhere around $100,000, $150,000 to get a decent household with the state that the real estate market is in today. Because the real estate market is actually booming as we talk right now in, in the fall of 2016. So although it's 3%, look at the volume of the amount of money that you actually borrowed. Auto loans, those can go both ways. You might, you can have a low interest auto loan at about zero to 1.5 to 1.9% if you have good credit, but they also have subprime loans on auto loans where you can actually get a ridiculous high interest rate. And you're talking somewhere between 12, 15, 17, 25%, all types of crazy things where people will probably did better just swiping the freaking car on a credit card and paid lower interest on that. Student loans, three, four, five, six, seven percent. But remember, the actual the actual amount that's being owed is a lot more. It's not unusual for to have somebody come out of college and say they got twenty five, thirty five, forty five, sixty five, seventy five thousand dollars worth of student loans, especially if you went and got a master's. See, I know personally when I went and got my uh, first when I got my got my engineering degree that that was all of a sixty thousand dollar degree. And if I wanted to go get a master, I was going to have to add another $25,000 on top of that, making a total debt of $85,000. And that would have just been a student loan. Now, luckily, I bust my head. I worked full time. I worked nights. I worked two jobs. I did all that I can do to make sure I minimize all that loans. But it can get kind of ridiculous when you think about the overall magnitude of what people have in debt. Now, if you listen to this and you're kind of thinking to yourself, okay, well, debt's 
it's not a good thing, but I'm doing okay, James, because I don't necessarily need, you know, I'm, I'm paying my bills, you know, I'm on time with everything. I got a decent credit score. I'm over 750. I'm doing all right. Well, here's the thing I want everybody to understand on this podcast, and we have to go here in this episode. We have to go because this is be great with your money. We're not talking about being mediocre. See, being mediocre when it comes down to debt is, okay, I'm going to pay all my minimal payments. I'm going to pay it on time, and that's all I'm going to do. That's called just paying your bills and being kind of average. We want to be great with our money. So let's flip our mindset a little bit, and let's just propose an idea. What could you do with the money? that you have to pay towards interest on debts. We're not even going to talk we're not going to talk about the debt. We're going to talk about the interest. You just had to pay on the interest on your debts. What could you do with that money? So we already said that the average household actually pays about $6,000 in interest per year. In interest per year, just $6,000. But what could you do with that $6,000? Maybe you want to take that money and invest it. You know, if you if you actually invest it the uh, $6,000, that can be a hefty next egg for you. That can be a pretty good nest egg for you, for you and your families. Uh, how about you took that $6,000 a month and you just started to chuck it aside in uh, cash for your actual, um, your, your children's college fund? What about that? What about another idea? Just say, hey, I'm going to save the $6,000 every single year for 10 years and I'm going to spend $60,000 on and you know, I'm going to purchase me a vacation home with the Marcus down. Not even for investment properties, just to have a place to go travel where I can go travel myself. Or how about, you know, you decided to take the $6,000 and you just took that money and just decided to spend on your lifestyle a little bit, maybe increase your lifestyle beyond debt. And maybe you and your significant other and your children just go on a, a crazy, ridiculous trip every single year. Or you can do the letter. You can say, hey, I got $6,000. I know a lot of people in need. And every single year, I'm a host of function that's going to help, you know, underprivileged youth, underprivileged households. And then $6,000 can go to that, to that cause. Number one, that's the tax deduction. Hello. We ain't going to talk about that, though. Uh, we'll say that for another episode, but you can give that $6,000 in that particular year to utilize it for something of great value instead of just funneling that money to the banks, because ultimately that's what you're doing when you're paying interest. That's just your penalty. That's just your fee. See, you ever went and say, for instance, you had a cashier's check and you had to take it to another bank and, and cash it on their account and their money. And they charge you a fee for the privilege of doing so. That's the same thing with interest. You're just paying a fee, a fee just to basically the right to owe to somebody money. But now let's move on a bit here. And I'm going to make sure that we cover a few things because we're going to also want to talk about a little bit towards the end of this episode on ways that you can actually clear that up. So one of the first things that I noticed that people are struggling with debt is that they actually do not know the number or the amount of debt that they particularly owe. They say, yeah, I got some student loans. Yeah, I owe a little bit on the car. Yeah, I know the mortgage is, is somewhere around this number. First thing first, you got to make sure that you knuckle down on that and you have every single dollar laid out on what you owe on your debts. Because every dollar that you cannot account for is missed, missed money for your household. I don't care if it's on the vehicle, the credit card, the mortgage, the student loans, whatever. 
every single dollar that you can't account for is going somewhere other than your household. And we want to make sure we bring all our money into our household so we can be great and do great things with our money. So what individuals have to do is number one, I, I, I kind of covered this last week with as far as budget. You know, if you set up your budget in your household, just to recap real quick, you're going to set it up as your necessities, as your first block of expenses. That's your food, water, clothing, lights, gas, uh, shelter, and things of that nature. And then the second chunk of expenses are going to be what's called your 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 income producing expenses, your transportation, um, any business expenses if you're a business owner and things like that. And then the last bucket of expenses is going to be what's called your creature comforts. Those are your things that you can actually kind of live without, um, but you choose not to. So when we recap that budget, a lot of these expenses that we have in there are going to actually be included in our budget, especially if we have auto loans and credit cards and student loans and things like that that we have to pay. But what we're going to have to do at this particular portion is know the exact amount of debt we can actually have and we actually have on our household and that burden on our household. Because think about it. A lot of people don't, don't understand the magnitude of debt. See, just imagine today if your income was cut by 50 to 60%. Let's say you had an injury on a job and you had to go home and, they only pay, and your disability only paid you 40% of your income. Would you be able to live off of 40% of your income? I'm not saying if you want to, will you be able to live on 40% of your income? Would you be able to make all your payments to the bank? Most people will not. Most people can't do it. And it's not to say anything bad about them. It's just their magnitude of debt against them is crippling them. It's strapped to their back and it's just keep weighing them down, weighing them down, weighing them down. And because we're under this facade that, hey, if we make our minimum payments, everything is going to be good. We pay a little bit of interest and everything is going to be straight. I can kind of have everything that I want right now. We're just loading ourselves up to where if we have a financial catastrophe. Boom. Now we're going to the courts to file bankruptcy and a lot of stuff is not bankruptable guys like student loans. Those are not bankruptable. You cannot bankrupt student loans, period. You can't get out of that. Auto loans. Those, most of those are not bankruptable either, unless you're going to give the car back and do what's called a voluntary repossession, which is going to immediately destroy any low credits you might have anyway, but it's also going to, it's also going to hurt you over a while because you're still going to have to pay processing fees, lawyer fees, and things like that when you go through that particular process. And just to go off on a tangent here, just to kind of go off script, I know so many people that had student loans and they were getting re tax refund checks, okay? And a lot of student loans are backed by the federal government, especially with direct loans and things like that, especially if you're consolidated. So individuals will struggle throughout the year or have a financial issue where they can't pay their student loans. And then unfortunately, they get a tax refund and they think that, hey, I'm about to get this tax refund. It's going to help me get current and things like that. And I'm going to take care of some other debts I have in my household. Well, guess what? The government says, hey, you ain't you get a tax refund. You owe us on the student loans. We're going to snatch that and take that away from you. With no regards, they give you a notice, you can't do nothing about it. Because at the end of the day, you cannot actually pay your debts. So think about that. Think about if you really want to be great with your money and you have debts, how about you look at your statements and look at what the YTD interest is. 
That means year-to-date interest that you actually pay every single year in your debts. Just take a peek at it. And then I want you to look at your year-to-date principal amount that you pay towards the actual principal amount of the debt. See, the principal amount of the debt is what you actually owe. The interest is, like I said, is just a penalty. See, how about we do that? And I can almost guarantee in most situations, unless you've been in your mortgage for 25 plus years, is that your interest payment, especially in new loans and auto loans and credit cards and things of that nature, your interest payment is almost automatically going to be higher than what goes towards a principal amount. Give you an example. If you have a $5,000 credit card, and I think if you make $100, I believe the math is if you do a $100 payment, guys, about 80 it's about $88 or so are going to actually go towards the physical uh, interest on the card, and you have about 12 bucks, 13 bucks. It's under $20 that's going to go towards the principal. Think about an auto loan. If you got a new auto loan, just look at your statement. In most cases, in loans, you're going to pay up the interest first. The bank is going to then make their money first, and then you can actually stop, start paying down the debt. That's why it's so critical for us to understand how actually debt works. See, what I say is that you're actually entrapped in a game called capitalism, and you just don't know the rules. And that's not to say bad about anything, or it's just a, it's just a statement, like a little smarty pants statement I like to say. But the reason why I say that is this. It's because people who design loans are like the Kobe Bryants and the LeBron Jameses of the financial sector. These guys are beasts at Wall Street on designing these loans for the big banks. They have all different types of stipulation, all different types of agreements that when you sign that dotted line, you're signing away some out cold, outlandish stuff. See, you always got to ask yourself this question. If someone or some entity or some bank is willing to give me tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars for me to procure something that I want, let's say, for instance, it's a vehicle. I want the brand new shiny vehicle with the drop top, the leather seats, the uh, the, the sport rims, the the uh the whole performance package. If they're willing to give me $35,000, dollars $40,000 in an auto loan, then you always got to ask yourself this question. What are they getting out of the deal as well? Because just for somebody to give me $35,000 to walk away with the, with the piece of equipment, which is a vehicle, they have to be making money on that deal some way, somehow, as far as the loan per se. And that's the questions we have to get to. See, if you're a person that reads the Bible, no, I don't know if you are or not, it really doesn't matter, but we can agree on this point, is that debt, you know, the debtors are subservient to the lenders. You're at the whim of the banks when you have just crippling debt on your back. Now, I know that's getting a little preachy, a little little heavy for you guys, but at the end of the day, if you owe a debt, you are basically in, in financial servitude to the individuals that gave you, that lent you the money. See, the head is the one leaning to the many nations, and the tail of the end of the thing, the tail of the nation, are the, are the ones that's actually borrowing from all the nations there. 
See, that's a kind of a that's kind of going back there to that high level. I'm gonna bring it down a notch. But what I want everybody to really understand here before we go to break is that you have to you have to you have to understand the mindset and the bottom line of, of this. If there's some type of loan or some type of debt involved, somebody else is gonna be getting rich off your money and not you. Don't let it just be the car. Don't let it just be the vehicle. Don't let it just be the house. Don't let it just be the student loans and, oh, I'm investing into my future. Don't get clouded by what people say it is. Understand that somebody else is getting paid on a deal. And most times, out of, most times when I talk to people, they have no idea of who else is getting paid, how they're getting paid. They're just giving their money to them every single month. So what we're going to do real quick, guys, we're going to take a quick break. I'm going to come back in just a few minutes, and uh, we're going to pick it up a notch. We're not going to do the doom and gloom. I know I'm kind of hammering down hard on debt. And no, I don't. I understand the uses for debt in some business aspects, but for consumer debt, I'm highly, highly against that. just me personally. But what I'm going to do, guys, I'm gonna when we come back from break, I'm going to show you guys and share you guys some strategic ways that, number one, you can help yourself start to get out of debt really quickly. Hey guys, James Anderson here. Have you ever been stranded on the side of the road because you ran out of gas or your car just overheated? How about locking yourself outside of your vehicle? I'm telling you guys, that's me. I always lock myself out. But here's the thing. When you have an auto emergency, you tend to not make the best financial decisions and could quickly put yourself in a money snafu. In order to prevent that chaos, we have to make sure our vehicles are covered with a high quality roadside assistance program. That's number one, affordable, and number two, accessible. That's why I love Road Ashore. Whether it's towing, needing some gas, or perhaps you just want to get a tire change, Rotashore is always available 24-7-365. You just call a simple toll-free number, and then for less than a few cups of coffee, you can be totally covered. And check this, you even get a 30-day free trial with the program. So you can roll on over to jda-solutions.com forward slash auto, A-U-T-O, jda-solutions.com forward slash auto to review the benefits and get going today. Listen, don't let being stuck on the side of the road cause you not to be great with your money. Again, that's jda-solutions.com forward slash A-U-T-O. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to part two of episode two of the Be Great With Your Money podcast. My name is James Anderson. I'm ready to get rocking and rolling here. To kind of recap what we talked about in the beginning section, we're talking about debt. Uh, we kind of know that people have a lot of things going on here with between credit cards, student loans, auto loans, and mortgages. A lot of things going on financially in the terms of debt. They say that the statistics, the statistics right now as of 2016 you got the average American household have anywhere between ninety dollars to $130,000 worth of debt and kind of a mixture of the things that we talked about, you know, the student loans, credit cards, and things of that nature. Average household is paying 6600 bucks a year. $6,600 a year in just the interest payments on debt, not even the actual principal, the interest payments on debt. So that means that $550 every single month is just going as a penalty to the banks just for the right to owe them some money. So that is a huge, 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 huge uh, mishap going on here in American finance and what people actually have going on. But one thing I want to make sure that we cover here um, and make sure that we're really, we're really clean on is what are some strategies that we can use to kind of understand um, 
depth a little bit more, understand what we can actually do to, to kind of systematically and make sure that we expeditiously uh, get rid of it. Because think about it. Just imagine if you didn't have a car loan payment, a, a credit card payment, a student loan payment or a mortgage payment, or even type of personal loans, payday loans, all these different types of debts. You know, imagine if you didn't have those payments, what could you do with your life? Most people will actually pick up anywhere between 30 to 40% of their take-home pay on a monthly basis. See, usually when, when banks are trying to distinguish who to lend to and who not to lend to, they take into account the credit score and all those things like that, but they also look at something called DTI. And DTI stands for Debt to Income Ratio. That's how much money in cash flow you got coming in versus the debt payments actually going out. And I think the number is up to like 45 or 48% that they can actually lend up to you. So if you got a $5,000 household, that means you can have about 2,500 bucks or so going out to just debt payments. And that's typically, that's a lot of times what people have going on. They lose about 30 to 40% of their income to just interest payments on debts. Now, when you add in what you're paying Uncle Sam, you know, 25, 30% off there, and you got another 30, for 30 to 40% going to just interest payments on debts, now you got anywhere between 60 to 70% of your income going to, going to basically nothing in the large scheme of things. You got interest, which is just the right to owe to somebody some money. And then, you know, on the federal taxes and things like that, yeah, they go to some things, but you kind of get what I'm saying. It doesn't personally benefit your house directly, especially if you're paying taxes. You got 40% of your income that you're supposed to take home, live off of it, enjoy your lifestyle, put some money aside, save, invest, and do everything you're supposed to do. Oh, yeah, and you're supposed to get yourself out of debt earlier. Nah, it does not work like that. So let's jump into some strategies here that you can that you can utilize to get yourself really rolling here and get out of debt. And guys, these are things that I offer to people that I help with finance on a daily basis. I'm literally putting it out here for free because I think the value that's going to be provided to an individual if they actually do this is going to be very, very, very substantial as opposed to just hoarding and keeping the information, if that makes sense. I want to provide as much value as I possibly can to individuals to help them financially. That's what our goal is here. That's what we're trying to do here with this Be Great With Your Money podcast. So number one, I said in part one, make sure that you understand how much you actually owe down to the dollar. And what I want you to do is get every single debt that you have, put the pen to paper and write those guys down. Write them down. Write them down. I don't care if you got four debts, two debts, one debt, 25 debts, 36 debts, 15 credit cards with student loans, with 17 student loans broken up for every single time that you try to go back to school. I don't care what it is. You're going to write that Write that down. Write, write it down. Write down what the monthly payment um, is and, you know, just put it down. Just put it down on the list. Now what's going to end up happening is that you're going to start painting a picture and I want you to do this and write it down with physical pen and paper. You can do a spreadsheet on, online if you want to do it, but I need you to physically do this because what's going to end up happening is you probably, if you're in really a lot of debt, you're going to have what's called a mini financial meltdown. Okay. And that's what I want. That's what I want to happen because you have to get mad at the situation in order for you to actually want to change the situation. See, if you're just complacent with it now, you're just going to keep doing what you're doing. See, if you take this drastic approach tonight, today, 
whatever you listen to this podcast to list down what you actually have going on with as far as debts, we can start the first step. You know, like the 12 step programs, the number one thing that you need to do is admit that you got a problem, things like that. That's what we're doing right here. We're, we're, we're doing, we're, we're coming into ourselves with as far as our finances. So once you kind of get all your debts um, laid out, you want to get your creditors. So if it's like a Visa, MasterCard, you know, Sally Mae, NailNet, um, things like that. Even if you finance the couch, a TV from Best Buy or, you know, furniture stores, Value City, Arthman, you know, even if they're no interest, you know, for 15 years or whatever crazy stuff they be doing nowadays, make sure you put it down. Even if you owe somebody personally some money, you're going to put that down. See, when you go on this process, you're not going to be better with your finance. You're going to be a great person as well. <laughs> but make sure that if you owe somebody some money, guys, put that down, okay? So if you owe your sister 300 bucks, put it down. And that's going to be one of the first things that we actually attack. Now, once we put down the debts and the, you know what we're paying on a monthly basis, what I want you to do, okay, what I want you to do is list the debt from the smallest to the largest. Smallest to the largest. So, if you got a few debts, give you an example, you owe $13,000 on an auto loan, you owe $4,700 on a MasterCard, you owe $32,000 in student loans, and you got another four grand going to Best Buy. Best Buy will be listed as debt number one, followed by the $4,700 Visa, followed by the $1,300 Chase Auto, followed by the the um, the, the uh, student loan debt of $32,000. I'm usually pretty good at rattling off these numbers. I just mix my own stuff up. Too many fours and too many threes in that example. I messed that up. But here's the thing. Once you list it down from the, from the smallest to the largest, you're going to do what's called a debt snacking system. Now, this technique has been used and used and used and abused and abused and abused. And the reason why is because it works. It actually 100% works if you do it in this way. Now, there's a slightly different way that I tweak it on a cash flow basis. When I use my system, I focus a little bit more on cash flow. But if you're just looking for just a straight way system, just kind of get started and kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel, list them from smallest to largest, okay? That's going to help you out. That's going to help you get going. So here's what you're going to do. Once you get all the debts listed in order, you're going to continue to make your min your minimum monthly payments, okay? But on that smallest debt, I want you to take as much extra cash flow as you possibly can and literally attack that guy like like crazy you're gonna throw everything you got at it you're gonna throw the change that you got in the coffee jar you're gonna you're gonna throw the 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 single dollars you got in your sock your sock drawer you're gonna throw in all your overtime money for working working overtime you're gonna throw everything that you got at that bad boy everything that you can practically do because remember we should have made our budget up until this point right we should have something going on as far as a budget. If you don't know what I what about the budget or how to make one, go back and listen to episode one. But now we're going to throw everything that we possibly can find or have at that thing. And we're going to knock out that smallest debt as quickly as possible. Because when we knock out that first debt, let's even say it's a small minimum payment of say $50 a month on us on a credit card. Well, guess what? When we pay that credit card off, Okay, you can use your math to see how many months it's going to take you. 
you know, just calculate, you know, how much you're going to be paying when you throw everything out of it and divide it by the amount of debt. Okay. You're going to pay that debt off. Let's say for instance, it was going to take you, um, you know, possibly six years to pay it off. And now you paid it off in seven months because you literally were throwing every single extra dollar you had at it. And you even did a little bit of budget and took that money and got rid of it. Now you have that $50 that you have from the credit card that you're normally paying. Cause remember at this time, you are always paying your minimal payments on everything else. You just attack that smallest debt first. Now what you're going to do is do a debt stacking system so that when you pay off that smallest debt that you owe 50 bucks on, guess what? That 50 bucks can now be used as more ammunition to go attack the next debt that you have going on. So now along with everything that you could throw at it, you know, saving money here, saving money there, money out the couch cushions, whatever you have, you can start throwing it towards the second debt along with the minimum payment money that was going for the first debt. Now, I know that sounds confusing, but when you write it down and you list it, just like I had said to do it, it's going to be very, very, very simple. So number one, you're going to list all your debts, find everything, list them all down and what the minimum payments are. Then number two, you're going to then take the debts and list them from smallest to largest. And then step three, you're going to take as much as you can and attack that smallest debt. When that smallest debt is paid down to zero and you're done, now you take the money from the minimal payment that you was paying on that smallest debt and you roll it onto the second smallest debt and you start attacking again. See, throughout all this time, we're going to focus on one debt at a time. The biggest problem and the biggest reason why I see why people fail, they cannot get out of debt. They just like to say, I'm going to pay a little extra on everything. That is the longest drawn out process you can absolutely do because you never built what was called financial momentum. Financial momentum is built by knocking out one debt and then taking the money from there that you were paying on the minimum payment and rolling on to the next debt and so on and so forth. See, it's a very simple process, but if you execute on it, I would say that most people can be debt-free in anywhere from three to seven, maybe nine years. Three to seven years is where I found most people can really rely at. Now, they had to make some lifestyle changes. They had to save some money, and they had to get that crippling debt off their back, and they had to want to get out of debt. But I've seen people get debt free in three to seven years. I've also seen people get rid of two hundred and fifty plus thousand dollars in a matter of eight to nine years if you do it properly. And the only way that they actually got the motivation to do that is the first thing they listed down what their actual burden was in the large amount. See, when you say that I have $265,000 worth of debt, $140,000 worth of debt, $90,000 worth of debt, that doesn't sound good. It doesn't sit well um, with, with, with individuals that especially listen to this podcast about money. It doesn't sit well with you when you have to owe that much money. Because think about it, not even including the interest. You owe $90,000 to some things out there. I don't care if it's your house or whatever the case is. I don't care what it is. You know, I could, well, let me take that back. I'll recap a little bit. If it's your house, I can understand that's your livelihood, it's your roof. People have emotional attachments to it. I get it. 
But when it gets down to the credit cards and things of that nature, that's a rough deal. Because think about it. Let's 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 call it it call it is what it is. You decided to have a nice night on the town with some with some friends, okay? You didn't have any cash. You decided to go out, enjoy. You stressed out. You want to have a little bit fun, and you swiped a couple purchases on your credit card. You guys went to dinner, movie, and you hung out a little bit later on and got drinks. Well, the food, you're just going to eat the food, be temporarily satisfied, and it's going to come out the other end. The movie is okay. You might, you might enjoy the movie and enjoy it for two, three hours, but you're probably going to forget the actors and the actresses and whatever happened in the movie a few years later. And then the drinks are just going to be have a lot of fun. You kind of dance around, kind of talk to people, and you wake up the next day with a headache. So you might have spent two to three. You probably spent two hundred dollars that night, but there's nothing tangible to show for it at all. You have nothing for it but a halfway decent memory, if you can remember it, a crappy movie, and of course a headache in the morning. Not being a bit facetious, of course, but. Yet and still, we really have to understand where we're going with things and what's really the value that we're actually picking up. So when you do this debt stacking system, list all your debts, number one, find out what everything that you have out there, everything that you have out there, and then you put everything down on paper, then you list them from smallest to largest, and you start attacking each debt one by one by one by one. So you pay the minimum payments, you pay off the smallest debt, then you take the money that was the minimum payment for the smallest debt, you roll it to the second debt, you pay the second debt off, then you take the money from the smallest debt, the second smallest debt, the minimum payments, and you roll it onto the third debt, along with throwing all the extra money that you got at it. You can start knocking out your debts really, really quickly there, and you can position yourself to be debt-free, including the mortgage, in three to seven years by using a debt stacking, debt snowball. Um, they call it, what else do they call it? They call it uh, debt trumping, whatever the case you call it. You're basically using a systematic way to pay off your debt. Do not let somebody tell you to say pay extra on every single thing. It does not work like that. You're asking for trouble and you're never going to get any financial momentum. Also, here's a pro key tip for you. Whenever you're paying extra on a debt, make sure that you can either make out a check of some sort in, in, the, in the memo box or the, the, you know your, your, your dictation for what the check is actually going to be. Put principal only. See, if you have a high interest debt and you pay some extra on the debt, a lot of times the bank will take that money and just apply it to the interest for next month and things of that nature. You want to knock down the principal because if the principal amount is smaller, then the interest tied to that principal amount will also be smaller, which then makes more money going towards the principal. See, if you lower the principal amount, then the interest amount, not the interest rate, but the interest amount on the principal is inherently going to be smaller, which then when you make your minimum payment is then going to, is then going to now allow more money to go towards the principal. So you always want to make sure, in most cases, you have to make sure, especially with auto loans, this, this is something very serious with auto loans and mortgages. You want to make sure when you write the check, you make sure you have principal only. You pay your minimum payment, however you pay it, but whatever extra, you're going to dictate that that's actually going to be for principal only so that you do not apply that to any type of interest in the next month. Super key pro tip there. Now, what end up happening, guys, is once you set up your plan, you're going to be set ready to rock and roll, and then you're going to be looking at yourself actually being debt-free, using a debt stack and debt snowball, debt trumping, whatever strategy you want to call it. 
I call it debt stacking. You know, it's just whatever kind of floats your boat. It's going to be a tremendous system. I myself have used it in many cases. I've used, I've, you know, I still run a system in my household with that. I, I instruct everybody around me to do that. You know, I've paid off, you know, credit cards, student loans, auto loans, all types of things with using this system. And when you do it sufficiently and you build momentum, the faster it gets. So, guys, that's our debt episode. I hope this provided some value for you. Number one, I want you guys to do two things for me, okay? The first thing I want you want you guys to do is definitely get yourself uh, squared away financially and uh, get 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 your stuff listing uh, with as far as your debt your debt set up so you can start getting out of debt pretty pretty efficiently pretty fast. The first thing, the second thing is this: is you don't know how to make a budget to find more to find more money to throw at the debt stacking system then make sure that you go back and listen to episode one where I talk about budgets and why they hurt so bad. Uh, that's a great, 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 great episode that you guys can actually plug into. The, set, the third thing that I'll say, guys, is, of course, you know, always like, comment, share, wherever you see this at. If you think somebody can get some value with this, please feel free to spread the word. I'm not asking for anything other besides pass the information that you thought was great along to somebody else so they can actually be great with their money as well. Guys, my name is James Anderson. I've had fun on this podcast, as I always do, at IMJDAnderson at Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, Snapchat, wherever you guys are at. Feel free to connect with me at IMJDAnderson. I love sharing this information. I love talking about money because the whole thing that we always say is that money isn't everything, but nothing can happen unless you have some money. So, guys, another episode in the books. Hey, be great with your money. And let's take everything to the top. And I will talk to you guys on the next episode. This episode of the Be Great With Your Money podcast was brought to you by JDA Solutions, where strategy is how you win financially. Visit jda-solutions.com and click learn more for more information.